You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guests, Matt Cadle and Jake McArdle of SciFan Logistics. As the supply chain continues to evolve to meet shifting consumer demand signals, the ports have seen traffic increases that require adaptation on the fly. Now, for some companies, focusing on port drage has been a key factor to handling the demand. Matt Cadle and Jake McArdle of SciFan Logistics join us today to discuss how SciFan is stressing increased demand in the southern ports and how ocean drage has been key to their success. Joining us today on the Inbound Logistics Podcast are Matt Cadle and Jake McArdle of SciFan Logistics. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining the show today. Hey, thanks for having us. Great We're to be excited. Here. It's great to have you. Uh, gentlemen, if I could ask, uh, can you introduce yourself to our uh, audience? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with SciFan. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, I'll start it off. I'm Matt Cadle. I'm uh, the Port Drage Division Manager. I'm kind of the founder of this division. Um, looking forward to to where it's going to go since we've we started in about t- end of 2020. And I'm Jake McArdle. Um, I'm the VP of Sales for the Import Export Division. I work uh, in the capacity under Matt, and definitely have a passion for logistics, which has brought me um, over to the Drage Division here. Excellent, great to have you both. Now, when we're talking about Drage, we're obviously talking about the uh, the port system. Can you guys give me a- an overview on uh, the current state of the U.S. port system? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so all all are growing. All ports are growing across the nation, certainly some more than others. Uh, West Coast ports like L.A., Long Beach, you know, they may have taken a dip in volume, whether that's uh, due to a number of factors, ex- external and internal. Um, so it could be labor disputes, lower volumes in general, uh, just compared to COVID numbers three years ago, around 2020, um, when we saw the massive spike. East Coast, uh, you're looking at ports like Savannah, Charleston, in specific. Uh, they've had major advantages taking notes from some of the West Coast failures. And that means they're continuing to build new berths, warehouses, the infrastructure, right? Um, I've heard multiple people at conferences even state that um, some things going on in Savannah uh, with their economic growth, and Matt actually can speak to that as well. Yeah, so we've heard some some folks say that the the Savannah economic growth has actually grown faster than than Atlanta, which is uh, pretty crazy. Uh, especially the new uh, Hyundai EV plant being built, uh, we like to call Savannah Candyland. Uh, it's our funny thing here, but it's seriously uh, when we see containers running around, uh, pretty much as many cars and trucks you see, you're going to see containers. Uh, we see each one as a load we can haul. All right, you guys mentioned volume and growth there. How do you see ports operating, say, in, in five years or, or 10 years even? Yeah, so the East Coast specifically, there's going to be more traffic, obviously, uh, more jobs within a 25 to 50 mile radius, whether it's new shippers, uh, let's say new trucking companies coming into the market, um, warehouses, tons of opportunities there. Uh, but also on the West Coast, they're going to improve because there's a new contract between union between the union and the employees. Uh, the competition is actually going to strengthen them because you got the East Coast taking so much volume. They they have to get better. Right. Um, you know, trade volume is up. So Port of Virginia, Norfolk, uh, it's seen the largest increase in import volume of any major U.S. port since 2020. Second most Jacksonville, Florida, third most being Houston, Texas. Um, automation continues to improve service at these ports. If you're looking five, 10 years out. Um, that is obviously going to be a factor to play as well. Certainly with labor disputes ongoing in different parts of the country, 
different ports are looking how they can automate different areas of their service. Um, transload options and storage are a priority for a lot of the partners that we're working with in North Georgia and elsewhere because empty containers can cause congestion and take up as much space as a loaded one does. <laughs> Uh, people are looking for alternatives, and if that means they can avoid extra costs like per diem and demurrage in the meantime or even simultaneously, we're here for it. Great. Now, uh, talking about the uh, port system, uh, a component of that service is uh, port drayage. Uh, can you guys talk about port drayage, and, uh, and what is its significance, really, within the overall supply chain? Uh, it's very significant. Uh, so we consider port drayage, and the way we talk about it around here is it's the final mile. Um, and, and really it is, it may be more than a mile, but it's the last segment in the supply chain. So everything could go well while it's on the ocean and coming from wherever it's coming from. Um, it could get to a U.S. port and the drage piece could be missing. And it's a small step in a large shipping process is all that is to say, whether that means managing traffic and ports, avoiding bottlenecks uh, and satisfying customers and consumers. Yeah, that's huge because I mean. About 90% of the global trade is over the ocean. So making sure that port drayage piece uh, flows, uh, that allows business to transact quicker. Uh, it just moves things along better. Uh, one big way we can enable that smooth flow is, is identifying any customs holds on imports um, to get them released prior to the arrival to the port. What does Cyfan's uh, drayage team look like? What's the makeup of it? Yeah, so we got uh, just with the, our division right now, we're at about 20 members. Uh, but our company wide, we're over 400. Um, so it's it's a quick division. This came about. Um, we're growing quickly. Uh, we'll get into more of that. But I mean, we got five different shifts covering all hours uh, between first, second, and third shift. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, and then you roll over to Friday, Saturday, Sunday with two 12-hour shifts uh, that covers every hour. Now, do those guys uh, on the Drage team do they all have specialized roles, or or is, does everybody just kind of do what needs to be done? Oh no, we're we're very specialized. So we'll have, uh, say, each each part of the process. We'll have, say, a dispatch person or a team, uh, the tracking team, the sales team. Uh, the, we'll have spreadsheets for customers. We may have spreadsheets for internal use. Um, we'll have people handling that. the The order entry part of it, you know, putting the the DOs that we receive into our system, and and myself and others, just the personnel management piece. Uh, it all comes together. Oh, great. Now, Syfan, uh, as a, a logistics firm, has a history of uh, over-the-road shipping. Uh, how did you guys move into ocean port services? Yep. So a little history on it. As far as I know, um, my take is a lot of asset carriers have kind of controlled the, the port drayage across the nation. Uh, they, they've had that niche for a while. And when COVID hit, uh, these carriers took a double whammy. Uh, the drivers got COVID. They couldn't drive for a long period of time, whether you know the government says, hey, you can't be around X amount of uh, people for X amount of time or whether they're family or they're exposed to it, that exposure would keep them away as well. So losing these drivers uh, kind of put the the tough spot on, on customers and they started reaching out to folks like us, uh, customers, forwarders, ship lines. Uh, they reached out uh, for, for any kind of option they can get. Uh, they would, uh, you know, they, they would ask us and we wouldn't know how to say no, because that's not what we do. We don't say no. We find solutions. Uh, and this opened the door for us to kind of get into it. How big of a stretch was that for you guys, though, from over the road to, to ocean? Well, it, it was a stretch, um, but no challenge is, is too large for us. And that's really our mentality um, every day. 
you know, Matt had a vision for what this division could become. And, you know, as I come into work on a daily basis, we're just basically bringing that to life. And that's that's what we've done for the last few years. Um, we have a really strong desire to build within these walls. And um, like I said at a minute ago, no challenge is too large. So, um, you know, since we have been doing this for a, a number of years now, uh, relative to poor drainage, <clears throat> our confidence level is there with our experience. So whether that is day or night, all shifts have that experience. We started out pretty small um, in the Dre world, just making sure we knew what we were doing as we're going along. So whether that's understanding the volume or charges and terminology better, um, that was really important to us starting out. Well, now that you are in this world, uh, Ocean Drage uh, encompasses a wide range of services, right? So what specific part does Cyfan play in this this world of Ocean Drage now? Yeah, so let's just say uh, imports, for example. Say the vessel hits the water. Our customer will give us a DO, uh, meaning, you know, here's the paperwork for what's coming to you that you're going to handle. Uh, we'll track it towards the port, whether it's on a website or multiple ways that we have uh, to watch it as, as it's coming in. Uh, then we'll plan a driver. When it gets a week or two out, we'll start planning those drivers. Uh, we'll pull it from the port. We'll communicate all this in in real time. Uh, then we'll track the driver to the receiver, whether we drop and hook or live unload and, and get the empty container back to the port and just communicate it all the way through the process. So what does uh, Cyfan do then that makes uh, your handling of ocean container pickup and delivery better than, say, other traditional companies in the space? Yep. So... Let's just say Siphon's focus is really on communication. Uh, a lot of people say it uh, and may not quite do it as, as much as they say it. Uh, we do. It kind of separates us from others, we, we feel. Uh, you know, we, we have spreadsheets, like I said, internal to the customer, to, to anybody that needs some kind of way to see where things are, um, whether it's web links, emails, phone calls, texts, it doesn't matter what it is, ways to communicate. We, we have those ways. We, we push towards the new way it seems you know to have that extra visibility um you know whatever it makes to to make the customer feel updated uh, we've learned that there's there's definitely a trust factor that was used for a lot of asset carriers um and we've taken that trust away a little bit and and show proof i guess by expanding that communication piece uh, it's really expanded our relationship to to a new level with these customers Right. And and trust can come from a position of I want visibility on my freight um, or we kind of take the other angle since that should be a benefit of working with us. But the truth is table stakes of working with Siphon Logistics. It's not just a benefit of working with Siphon Logistics. Um, you know, a few others come to mind that separate us from our competitors, you might say, or even others in the space. Uh, transparency, whether that means predatory billing. Um, or accessorial billing per diem and demurrage, the onus uh, is really on us to mitigate costs for our partners. So we take that very seriously. Uh, we work under what we call an expedited port model. Um, so your vessel or container volume is not going to change what our pickup and delivery plan is. Uh, we don't wait for the last three days. And, you know, really finally to me, we're, we're solutions-based. I think we mentioned that even a few times, but whether that means a transload or a smaller container, um, you know, we bring options, even if that means less margin is on the table for us. 
That works out great for your for your customers for sure. <laughs> um, now, can you tell us a little bit about your new offices at Port Wentworth uh, within Savannah Port? Uh, what are some of the advantages of, of being there? Right. Uh, so it's really important to us to build relationships on the ground, whether that was in Gainesville, Georgia or Savannah, Georgia. Um, having the presence in the port ourselves, as well as our drivers, helps build relationships. And we have strong relationships with community leaders in the North Georgia area uh, near our headquarters. And we're building the same relationships in Savannah. Uh, we actually just had a grand opening earlier this month uh, for our office in Savannah. Yeah, so so the the grand opening was initially for our turbo sales and and leasing, uh, which is a company owned by the Siphons as well. Uh, they took the initiative and said, "Hey, we need to be down in Savannah." Uh, so you know they're the largest Tyco dealer uh, in the country. Um, so the opportunity with Savannah, you know, it's upcoming growth. It's hard to deny just adding presence down there. Um, but at the same time, our Port Drage division is is taking that same mentality because we're in the process of adding personnel down down in the same office. Uh, so we're kind of joining together. And as as we as we outgrow that space, uh, we'll just we'll go to a bigger office, new offices, uh, whatever it takes. Oh, congratulations on the grand opening. That's great. That's great. Uh, now you you mentioned uh, Gainesville there. Can you talk about the significance of the uh, inland port being developed in your hometown of Gainesville? As you'd imagine, um, yeah, there is a lot of buzz in the community around the rail coming to the area. Um, Athens Highway is going to need a few extra stoplights probably as they're building it out. But um, all that is to say the area is booming. So manufacturers, as well as cold storage facilities, they're proactively building out their transportation plans for when the interim rail is completed. Um, You know, and we're honored to be a part of that already. Yeah, so with it being five miles from our home office, our yard here, uh, it allows us to prepare the, for the volumes. Uh, it's fairly easy for us uh, to sell because it's, it's so close to our yard and, and the knowledge of the area, the people we have relationships with. Uh, we know a lot of people are planning for, for utilizing this, this port. Now, speaking of ports, is there a difference uh, between inland ports and ocean ports uh, at all? Uh, Yes. Yes, there is. So ocean ports are directly connected to the sea. Uh, That really is the the true difference. Um, Inland ports offer several advantages, just to name a couple that come to mind. Um, You've got efficiency. So rail shipping, you can avoid heavy congestion at the ports um, and it can be brought on a train directly to your backyard. So that'll actually be the case for a number of people in North Georgia that have proactively positioned themselves near the inland rail. Um, when it is completed. And then uh, you're looking at increased capacity with an inland port. So you've got land and real estate nearby in these port areas. That's in big demand um, around the ocean ports. But the inland ports allow for transloading um, and some of these other services take place in less freight intensive locations. Um, And then finally, as far as the local economy, or, or I guess as far as how an inland port can influence it. You you have cost savings for all the local partners in the area. And of course that benefits a local economy um, if people are saving money. All right, that's a lot of great information about, about Drage there. Uh, gentlemen, if the audience wants to find out more about Ocean Drage and about Siphon Logistics, where can I send them? Yeah, so you can reach us at siphonlogistics.com. Uh, we have a Port Drage uh, piece of our website. You can get on there and, and check us out. Uh, we've got uh, siphondre at siphoncorp.com uh, to reach us anytime, doesn't matter when. We're going to get back to you uh, right away. 
Excellent. That link will be in the show notes. So if you guys want to click directly to it, uh, you'll have that access right there. Matt Cato, Jake McCarl, thank you so much for all that great information. Best of luck to you and best of luck to SciFan. And uh, again, congratulations on grand opening. Uh, you guys take care. Thanks, man. I appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.